It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by TaylorMade and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Members, friends and players, good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. And I'll be here entertaining you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. You know, there's an old saying in movies, rain means change. So we are all going to have some fun and change it up this rainy Friday. I've invited a fellow broadcasting buddy to join me. His name is John Muscari. He's the PGA head professional at Alpine Country Club, as well as the co-host of On the Tee with Anita Marks on ESPN Radio. But before we get to John, how about a little of Princeton's magnificent musician, Trey, hit it. That's it right there, Wade. That's where my mood's at today. Here we go. How about that start to the show, huh? Wilson! Yeah. Can I I think of the volleyball? (laughs) Well, yeah. Castaway, indeed. Well, hey, you know, we've got our own special castaway with us today. Johnny, you with us there on the line? I am. What a great, uh, great song to kick things off. Well, you know, I, I know that you uh, you listen to a little Trey and the boys from time to time, so I wanted to make sure I would, would spark your mood up to the level of mine this afternoon. It's not every day I get to come on air with a, uh, a veteran of the airwaves like yourself and, uh, you know, kind of maybe take it easy and, and have somebody else help me take the reins through this, this afternoon and, and what's going on in the golfing world. But first of all, what's going on with you, my friend? Well, uh, Keith, like you said, it's a rainy day up here in North Jersey, up by the George Washington Bridge where Alpine is. And uh, it's a good day to get caught up on stuff. So uh, nothing better than getting caught up with friends like yourself. And I, I'm looking forward to being on the air with you and talking a little golf. You know, we got the top button unbuttoned today. We got the feet up on the desk, and we're going to have some fun. Oh, man, there we go. All right, well, you know what? Then let's get caught up on the golf indeed. We got the CJ Cup going on out there at Shadow Creek. You know, usually that's an Asian swing tour event, but uh, we're back over here in Las Vegas, and, and we've doubled down in Las Vegas. And, you know, the, our, our man Xander Shoffley, and, uh, you, know, I, you know, I like to do a little prognostication from time to time early on in the week um, on something called uh, Daily Fantasy Sports. But in any way, you know, I was riding Xander um, this week for sure. He, I, I liked his form recently. And as it comes out, he, you know, did you know, l- listen to this stat. This is crazy. You, know, you find these things all the time on the interwebs, right? But, you know, Xander has 20 top 25s in his last 23 starts, right? He's four under on the day-to-day, 10 under leading the tournament. What do you think about Xander leading this tournament? You, you think that, you know, maybe in a month or so, he'd be a good pick at Augusta? Give me a little breakdown of today's leaderboard. What do you think? Yeah, I always think about him as the big stage player. If the course is tough and it's a big stage, he shows up to play. And look at it as round today. Birdies at 11. 13, 14, 15. He's not going to stop. He's a fantastic player who's having such a good year. And I hate to say it, but it's almost under the radar. Does that make sense to you? You know, you think about coming into an event like this, everyone's talking about Brooks and Spieth and all the heavy hitters. But here comes Xander, as you mentioned, 20 top 25s. It's unbelievable. But maybe he likes that feeling of, you know, like the little engine that could. 
I, you know, I like that the little engine that could. It, it's well, you know. Overall, and you just mentioned some of the big names there. You know, Brooks is back in action. We have no Bryson stories this week. Certainly, COVID was a big deal all year. Xander could be a little bit under the radar. And imagine how do you get under the radar when you're as good a player as he is? And he does play well on a big stage. Didn't play as well at the U.S. Open as I thought he would have, but there's no rough at Augusta. You know, you can see where my head's kind of leaning at right now. If we if we start looking, what do we have? Three, four weeks before we have to go down there to Magnolia Lane. Um, you know, these guys have got to be, you know, have that on their radar, and they're looking forward to it. And you know, it. I don't see a lot of guys like Rory Brooks, etc., even in that great a form in this event. Um, you think it's about that time where they're looking ahead too? Yeah, I think I think so too. I mean, you look at Kepka; he's back after two months after his hip injury. I, he, I thought he kind of looked rusty yesterday, but for him, I think it's just a matter of trying to get in some good reps before the Masters. And I, I kind of I'm fanning a little bit on Rory Keith, and it's interesting you brought him up. I, I don't know if there's some stuff going on in his life; he's got other distractions. But I, I think he might be looking a little bit ahead to uh, the Masters as well. Well, you know what? When we have some fun at the end of the day today, we're going to touch upon Rory one more time, I think. You know, he, he's one of those kind of interesting, you know, like a positive polarizing figure where people are like, is he really that great? Or, you know, he only has those four majors, hasn't really competed or um, you know, been in contention in a major in a little while. So, you know, who knows? But you just mentioned a second ago, you talked about Xander making birdie at 11. And I was watching the coverage yesterday. And there's all these unique things that are going on in the coverage world in, in the time of COVID and since the return back in June of the PGA Tour. But one of these things that really has my attention is that I was watching the 11th hole yesterday, which was that drivable par four, and JT's on the tee. And underneath him, instead of saying, like, you know, how many holes or what his score is under par or, you know, how his round was going, it was all MGM, right? Bet MGM stats on what you could do in live betting in order for just that hole. For just JT, and he was plus two hundred to make a birdie. You know, and, and I'm not going to turn this all into a big like you know gambling explanation, but more like a big picture discussion. Do you, do you think it's interesting that gambling has kind of become such a big deal, and now is even part of the TV? Co- you know, it started the streaming coverage in August, but now it's like on TV, and then you'd be watching TV coverage. And you're wondering, well, I just bet on JT to, to birdie this hole. I wonder if he'll do it. I have to watch him do it. What do you think about how this is kind of coming together? I think it's just the tip of the iceberg right now, Keith. I think it's a fantastic job by the PGA Tour to engage fans in a new and creative way. Uh, we know that viewership is up with golf. Um, I think I saw something that in the state of New Jersey, we set a record for most money bet in a month this past month by any state ever, beating even Nevada. (laughs) So who would know? But uh, I think it's great. We've got odds for the whole. We've got head-to-head stuff. We've got top finishes, winning margin, all sorts of stuff. In in a time where competition for viewership is probably at an all-time high, having to compete, like let's think about the NFL on Sunday. Going up against the NFL is nearly impossible, but this can be one way to keep viewers engaged, especially on Sunday, and that's focusing on the betting. So I think it's it's good on the PGA for, for uh, getting involved with that. I know they signed a multi-year deal with BetMGM. I'm sure they have a few shekels uh, coming back to them for that, but 
I think, like I said in the in the opener, I think this is just a tip. I think you're going to see this in a lot of other sports as well. You know, I think there's no doubt about that, and I'm with you. I, I think you summed it up right in the beginning when you said it's a it's a great way to engage fans, and it's getting more fans in to watch the game, which you know, for you and I as PGA professionals, is a good thing. You know, another way to engage fans is that the PGA Tour would you know have these venues, and we mentioned how the CJ Cup, which is being played this week, had to be moved to Las Vegas, and usually is played over in Asia, but. Do we really need to have a world tour? So I have this question for you. You know, you're a very thoughtful guy. And okay. I, I want to know, we have so many cool venues here over in America, right? And we want to engage our fans. I guess maybe, you know, Jay Monahan and the, and the team there, they want to engage the whole world. But with the pandemic pause in traveling around the world as far as for the PGA Tour, you know, we get to see a site uh, and, and a course like Shadow Creek, right? Do you think maybe the PGA Tour should be a little bit more localized because we could see some cooler venues over here in America that we might not normally have the chance to see? Jay is all about the brand. And although we're on a pause, and this is my opinion, I think the tour will go back to becoming a world tour. Um, I think it's good for the brand. I think it's um, an opportunity to showcase our stars to the world. I certainly think the money overseas might be plentiful in some of these countries where they have one opportunity to bring a PGA tour event in and sponsorship money. But uh, you know, the other flip side is that you made a great point. We have a ton of great golf courses in our country. Maybe we should, not have the same event at every club every year. So, you know, looking at the Houston Open, they're having it at Memorial Park just outside of downtown Houston. Um, the BMW is going to be at Kays Valley this year. So maybe shuffling around the host site might be a nice way to do that. But I think he is chomping at the bit to get back to a worldwide tour once things get cleaned up. See, I mean, that's why you're such a cool customer on the airwaves, man, because you totally spun that where I was thinking about just, you know, like I was thinking about TaylorMade's driving relief and we got to see Seminole and how neat that was. But then you're right. We could still be a worldwide tour. But when we come back over here, make the events regional and maybe move them around from one site to another, because it it would be kind of cool just to see some more golf courses, I think, rather than just, you know, some of them would have to be mainstays, you know, like maybe the waste management or something like that. But some of them I'd like to see them move around a little bit, you know, Um, taking advantage, you know, when they have the Shriner out in Las Vegas, maybe using like a Shadow Creek or a Paiute or something else that's around exactly. that around that area, which is pretty cool. You know, a lot of things are going on, and it's what is it, late October, and we're talking about you know a lot of great players playing on the PGA Tour. And you know, when you and I were kids, the PGA Tour kind of went to sleep this time of year. They used to call it like <laughs> the Fred Couple season. You know, like it was like the silly season. And now it's like it's just year round and it's like this onslaught. It's been such an interesting year. I'd love to know cuz you just came up with something good there, right? So in 2020, I want you to put this in perspective for me, right? In 2020, we had normal sports. Then we had no sports. Then we had a little bit of sports coming back. And then for the last two months, we've had like a ton of sports. And now all of a sudden we just have a couple because we don't have the NHL and the NBA starting up like they normally would. We're just left to kind of whichever day of the week they're going to find to put an NFL game on. And then, you know, in a month we get the masters. What's your take on, you know, how this is going to, 
kind of develop going forward? I mean, like, what's going to happen? I know you're a huge hockey fan, right? Um, yeah. Ryder alum, huge hockey fan. I mean, how are you going to kind of like manage your time when hockey starts in January and or or maybe February and it's over in August? <laughs> that's a very difficult. That's probably the hardest question you're going to ask me here, Keith. <laughs> how am I going to manage my hockey schedule? Um, let's let's go back to being having sports and then no sports. I'm a firm believer in out of sight, out of mind. So the longer the PGA Tour can stretch out the season or have events throughout the season, the better off they're being. Think about how Roger Goodell stretches out the football season, Super Bowl, Pro Bowl. Free the agency. The next thing is, is the free agency, then the combine. Then the then schedule gets announced. The hall, right, the schedule, the Hall of Fame game. They are always looking for ways to put the NFL on your radar. And if the PGA Tour could continue this, constant stretched out season it will only help them whereas maybe some of the other sports who to your point take that little hiatus you don't think about it you know you turn your attention to something else and when we're competing for viewership and we're competing against all these other sports the more times we can put the game in front of the majority of people that we can the better off we'll be yeah i mean the more times we have rory and xander and and the rest of the crew on tv and streaming and whatever else we're doing, it's definitely good for golf. And, you know, there's been a lot of cool new things in golf this year that have been great for the game. And I'm going to pick your brain on this one next. And, and, and that is is that, you know, there's been new schedules, there's been different types of coverage, there's been new equipment or whatever. So what do you think, in, in your opinion, as a PGA professional, and you're kind of tuned into the, the pop culture world for sure, right? What's the coolest new thing you've seen in golf this year? For that type of stuff, I want to think of it more as like what I'm seeing from the game in general. And I'll touch on a few few ideas. I love the fact that music is playing a big role like in golf in general, meaning like on the golf course, on your golf cart, people are streaming music. You're seeing it a little more. If you were to go back maybe a year or two and we were to talk and say, I'm going to have music on our golf carts, we're going to be blasting tunes at the range. Some people would have thought we were crazy, but... Tech in general has certainly been embraced, as it always is with golf. Um, I love how fashion is changing in our sport. You know, we're not as stuffy as we used to be. We're being open to letting people wear hoodies and technical wear and joggers and stuff that's cool and comfortable. Wait, wait, there we go. There we go. We we made it 14 minutes, and the hoodie conversation came up. I just said hoodie. That was it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Keep going. You're rolling. Under on hoodie? Was that on MGM? Was the under on when I would say hoodie was 14 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was before or after the break, so you got the under. Uh, All right, keep I'm going. Sorry. You're rolling. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, let's see, other stuff. Food and beverage, like on the golf course. Quick, healthy options. Like we're seeing craft beers, some fun cocktails that we make up. You know, it's not just the hot dog and the old coffee anymore at the turn, which I think is great. But I think the most important, and I don't want to call it a trend, but kind of what's coming out of this season in my opinion, with our game, is family time. Seeing oh, a yeah. lot of families on the golf course, whether they're playing three holes, five holes, nine holes, they're playing out of one big golf bag, they're all on a cart together, they're spending time on the golf course, and the golf course is becoming a home for a family activity. And as you know, as a PGA professional, as well as I do, that's been a goal of ours for years. And we're finally seeing happen. 
granted, because of the pandemic, but it's a perfect opportunity for families to get together and spend a few hours together away from technology, away from their phones, on the golf course and enjoying some time together. And that's one of the things that I'm most excited about was coming out of this pandemic with our sport. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm excited because I checked off a couple of your boxes. So when you talk about family time over at Springdale, our junior golf program is just like it, it has erupt. I mean, it's been great, but this year it just erupted with all of the, the kids being home and the lack of vacations and everything. And another box we checked off was that the kids junior golf favor for participating this year is a hoodie. So, you know, I, 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 I kill two birds with one stone there. How'd I do? You did real well. That's impressive. All right. You know what else would be impressive? If you could join us for the second half, can you just hold on for a couple of minutes? Yeah, I can hold on. Absolutely. All right, man. Where else am I going? (laughs) Nowhere on this rainy day. All right, folks. It's 3.16 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back with more from Alpine's ace, PGA professional, John Muscari. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. We are excited to announce that PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere, a rehabilitative golf program for military veterans with disabilities, will take place on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. throughout the fall season at Fiddler's Elbow Country Club. To support the NJGF or learn more about the PGA Hope program for military veterans living with physical and cognitive challenges, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Rich in distinguished history for nearly 125 years, Springdale Golf Club and its members have been beautifully making their mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Our impact in the industry does not stop there. Did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey? The private club operating division of Troon Golf Management. Springdale's walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn design course, now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in our commitments to the member experience. Just announced as a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all of the incredible moments being made at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues. Once again, Keith Stewart. <laughs> Listen, all you New Yorkers. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the Director of Fun. And you're listening to ESPN 920. Well, it's back nine time, and we certainly have our groove going this afternoon. Hey, Wade, you know, we were discussing through the break that today's guest was born in Brooklyn, and he grew up in Staten Island. So uh, I'm sure we both appreciate the serenade from the boys. Enjoy, everybody. Rain won't stop the weekend from coming. Feel the beat. Let it add a little swagger to your afternoon. You know, wait, it's not every day that you can get a PGA professional from the five boroughs. So I had to throw him something just to kind of maybe remind him of his childhood and and keep him inspired this afternoon. So, Johnny, how are we doing so far on the music today, man? 
Oh, fantastic, man. Fish to kick it off, and then the B-Boys. Oh, my goodness. This is great. I, I can only Thank ima- you. I can only imagine how big your smile was when you heard that oh. little opening right there. Listen, all you New Yorkers, <laughs> right? All right. Oh, so, no doubt. Talking about new things, right? We, we, we just finished up there talking about new things in golf, but there's one specific new thing that people just can't get enough of, and, and either they love them or they hate them. But we got to talk about my man Bryson for a second, because I want to get your take on this. I mean, you are a voice in golf, right? Is Bryson good for the game? Absolutely. I think he is. I think that if you look at Bryson, you know, obviously coming off the U.S. Open this year, he's been talking about a way to play better since he was like 15 years old. It's not like he's just trying something and throwing a CNA six against the wall. He has a plan, and good for him. You know, everything is within the rules. And Keith, I think you know as far as I do, when change happens, people are resistant to it. Let's think about like when Tiger Woods broke onto the scene. Everyone was like, he hits it too far. This He's ruining the game. Bryson is outworking everyone, and it's all he thinks about. He is consumed with golf. Other players might have more talent than he does, but I don't think anyone works at it as hard as Bryson does. He sets a goal, and he achieves it. And good for him. And I think it's great for the game. So I think for the most part, people want to root for him. People like him. But I think the detractors come from just the aspect of him kind of reinventing the game and hitting it too far. Would you agree with me on that? That like, it's not so much that people think he's necessarily a bad guy. Some people, you know, it seems like everything about the distance argument, it gets blamed on this poor guy. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that people like don't like seeing him manhandle the golf courses, especially the classic courses. You know, he came out and said, "I'm gonna, I'm sorry, Mr. Ross, I'm gonna hit it right over that bunker that you placed right there." You know, they like to feel like the game is a more traditional game, and he's got to show how we can shave, uh, shape the ball and curve it this way and curve it that way. And they love seeing the skill of the game, but I think the skill of hitting the ball that far should not be lost on just on the distance that it is. And he, listen, he was not a very good putter. He went out and became a, be- a better putter. He was not the best iron player. He put work in and became a great iron player as well. This guy is putting the work in. Like I said before, he's consumed with golf. I Get think, over it, people. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, when Jordan Spieth is like, man, this guy is a really good putter. You have to pay attention. I mean, he putted great at Wingfoot. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know a lot about the game, right? You go and you, you flip on the golf channel at night and you see one of those long drive contests, right? Yes, they hit it maybe 50 yards past Bryson, but they have to get one of eight shots in a grid that's the size of a football field, right? Mm-hmm. He's hitting it 80% as far as those guys are, and he's playing tournament golf. I mean, like this is literally like Happy Gilmore happening live in front of our eyes right. you know and you're a club pro like me and everyone argues and, and they get up on there and you know even friends of the show guys like Shackelford and stuff they're like they're like oh they're killing the game and I'm like Jeff I'm like do you know how much people struggle at the game of golf like how, how, how could it not be good for people to be hitting it further right you know I mean it's, it's just crazy you know I, I came across this this week and, and you'd be well aware of this because, you know, you work at a club and you teach people all the time and you see and you play with your members who are just average golfers, right? Arcos, the company that puts the little, you know, gizmos that tells you how far the ball goes and the grip, you know, it's a little GPS device. Yeah. So they did some age brackets and they talked about how far people hit it. So in like the 20 to 29 category, the average driver distance was 239. 
30 to 39, 234, 40 to 49, 225, 50s, 215, 60s, 205, and then 70s, 190, right? People need to hit the ball further because even if they're playing a 400-yard hole, I mean, that's hard, right? Distance can't be that bad of a thing, can it? Not at all. I think distance is great for the game. Distance is only a problem for the people who don't hit it far. <laughs> you know, it's, hitting it longer is better. I think you, if you look at those numbers, you might want to have a different conversation with these people about what tee they're playing from. You know, I bet you if we went up and, and surveyed people on our driving range who were in that 20 to 29 category and we said, how far do you drive it? They would be more like 270 and 280, even though they really only hit it about 240, 250. Yeah. So that might be a whole different conversation, but distance is popular. It's fun. Um, we love to see birdies. We love to see eagles. We love to see guys hitting it in two on par fives. How great was it when Morikawa drove the green at at um, at the PGA? Well, it could be. I think it was hole number seven. Could be the shot of the year. Could be the shot of the right? year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, embrace, I mean, embrace embrace that. Embrace the distance that these athletes can hit the ball. And I tell you, Keith. You could make the golf courses longer. You can change the equipment. Someone will always figure out a way to hit it further. Yeah, there's no the doubt about that. Get better. You know, I could I could sum that up by saying I remember this quote from Seth Waugh, and he's like, "We've protected our grandparents' game as opposed to creating one for our grandchildren." And you know, as the world turns and as things move forward, and and we're coming out of this huge kind of evolutionary moment as a world, you know, I hope that we kind of you know people rewind that one back and listen to that statement again because Seth's he hit the nail on the head you know and, and think about it. everything about that what you and I do is voices in the game we're always talking about the pop culture of the game you're bringing up music I'm bringing up hoodies we're having some fun and that's why people tune in and they and they have a great time and folks if you're just joining us we have John Muscari on the line he's the head golf professional up at Alpine Country Club but even more importantly at times he's a voice of golf with Anita Marks at ESPN Radio and their show On the Tee now I know you can handle this because you can handle Anita week in and week out. So we're going we're gonna to have, you know, everyone always expects a little rapid fire Q&A, and that's way too easy for you. So we're going we're gonna to okay. do something a little different today. We're going to do a little would you rather, right? So I'm going to give you a scenario of A or B, and then you got to pick something and, you know, give me a, a real brief explanation as to why, right? So all right. We're, I'm let, gonna, me, uh, let me buckle up here. Hold on. All right. I'm ready. All right. All right. Well, here we go. I'm going to give you an easy one to start. Whose career would you rather have, Wolf or Morikawa? Morikawa. I think he's a. I think he's got a better personality for the game. I think his smile is infectious. I think he's. They're both fantastic golfers, but I think he's got a bigger upside. So I would rather have Collins' career. All right. Would you rather be on a winning Ryder Cup team or win the PGA Championship? Winning Ryder Cup team. I'm a team sports guy. I love the atmosphere surrounded the Ryder Cup and the ability to play for your country is like way on the top of my list of, of uh, life goals. All right. This one might be too easy for you, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Would you rather have Phil's short game or Tiger's putting? Tiger's putting. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm a bad yeah. oh, all right. I'm, I'm, I have a good short game, so I'm confident with that. I can hang with, with Phil. All but, right. Uh, my putter seems to go crooked every now and then, so. I'll go with Tiger. All right. This one's a little off the deep end. Would you rather have DJ's personal life or John Daly's? <laughs> that might be the easiest question. <laughs> well, 
You know, CJ, are you kidding me? Well, they both have their challenges, John. You know, yeah, I know that, but they also both have their perks, Keith. Uh, they, they, they do indeed have that as well. And we'll we'll leave it at that because, as you mentioned earlier, family golf is very prominent in 2020. All right. How about, would you rather have an ace on the 16th hole at Waste Management or the 12th at Augusta? Waste Management, hands down. Yeah, I would love to be in the crowd for that oh one for God, you. Oh, my God. Can you yeah. imagine that? I, I'll do the, you know, the... The tiger pushing the hand up, raising the roof thing. Oh, oh man. My God. Yeah. I get well, chills even thinking about that. That Well, I'm glad I gave you some chills. And you know what? There's no doubt that you've given us some chills here today, Mr. John Muscari. Any final words before we got to run? No, I appreciate the time to be on with you, Keith. And uh, thank you so much for all you do for the game as well. I appreciate that, John. And, you know, you do tremendous things as well. Keep doing what you're doing, and we'll keep tuning in, my friend. Take care now. Thanks, brother. All right, before we head you over to Max Kellerman there, my colleague over here at ESPN Radio, uh, I got to say, you know, thanks to all my sponsors and all my supporters. You know I love them, and you know who they are. TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation, Summit Golf Brands. You know them as B-Dratty, Fairway and Green, Zero Restriction, EP New York, and FH Wadsworth. You know, I'm going to throw a special uh, thank you or a, a best special shout-out this week, Wade, to uh, all my buddies out there in Hopewell that tune in each and every week. You know I love the crew, and uh, thanks to all you guys for tuning in. Appreciate it. Wade Weezer, looks like you're using the board there with tremendous aplomb as usual. Springdale Board of Governors, thank you for all your support. True Golf Manage for all you do at Springdale. Most importantly, you know I love my listeners. Folks, I'm headed to Springdale, but where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from Springdale to Shadow Creek, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. Thanks for joining us for today's show. Return to the tee next Friday at 3 with Keith Stewart and Springdale Golf Live.